welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy, and today's episode is brought to you by NetHealth. So NetHealth has created the Redoc Patient Portal, which provides a secure line of communication between you and your patients. You can use it for video conferencing for telehealth, secure messaging to respond to non-urgent questions from patients, you can share documents and photos, and it provides your patients with 24-7 access to their health information, including discharge instructions, home exercise programs, and educational materials without a million phone calls and back and forth emails. If you want to learn more about the Redoc Patient Portal, contact NetHealth at Redoc, that's R-E-D-O-C, at NetHealth.com. So thanks to NetHealth for sponsoring today's episode. And on to today's episode, I'm so happy to welcome fellow doctor of physical therapy, Dr. Sarah Smith. So Dr. Smith specializes in assisting female leaders, healers, and creatives reactivate their core confidence, specifically women who wear many hats and desire to leave a legacy with less burnout and greater personal joy. Her unique approach focuses on connecting women back to their core, which holds authenticity, choice, and immediate solutions so one can thrive both personally and professionally in all life situations. She has blended her professional expertise as a doctor of physical therapy specializing in women's health and chronic pain management, a certified yoga instructor, and certified wellness and life coach. With every personal and group experience Dr. Smith offers, she is dedicated to the goal of assisting women of all ages step back into their core confidence. And to help you do that, for healthy, wealthy, and smart listeners, she's got the Activate Your Core Confidence Workbook for free. You can download that. And she's offering a Discover Your Joy coaching session with her at a discounted rate. So you can get take advantage of both of those extremely generous offers from Dr. Sarah by going to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and clicking on the Activate Your Core Confidence Workbook to get the workbook or Discover Your Joy coaching session with Dr. Sarah. So one click will get you to all of that as well as to Dr. Sarah's Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So today we talk about how women often focus on external approval and achievements, uh, why we need to be connected, aware, and in tune with our pelvis, uh, messages the pelvis and body may be giving us that we're missing, our core confidence, what it is and why it's so important, and how mental and spiritual core confidence and awareness of our core can affect our physical core strength. We also talk about how Dr. Sarah has kind of made that transition from physical therapist to health and wellness coach. So for those of you out there thinking that, hey, maybe this is something I want to do, we talk about that as well. So a huge thanks to Dr. Sarah and everyone enjoy today's episode. Hey, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. I'm happy to have you on. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Litzy. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. And so obviously I'm a physical therapist, as are you. You've specialized in pelvic health and women's health. 
And then you have also kind of made that transition for at least part of your career into coaching mainly other women uh, mm -hmm. from around the world. So before we get into the meat of the interview, I would love for you to share with the audience a little bit about your sort of career trajectory. Absolutely. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a little professional and it's a little personal. So it, it, it's the, the story tends to track with a little bit of both. Um, I also went and got my yoga certification and that was actually the first thing that I did after physical therapy, you know, from, from physical therapy. A lot of that came because, um, you know, in our profession, we have a high turnaround and burnout uh, ratio there at times. And I was a chronic fixer and helper. Uh, and I was good at what I was doing to the point where I, you know, anybody came in and I was ready to, you know, help them with their issue. And so I went to my first yoga class really just to chill myself out and get, get a little bit grounded and get, get real. And then from there, um, it, it really almost overnight, it, it drastically shifted the way I was showing up and treating my, my patients at the time. Um, I realized that kind of less was more. Mm -hmm. I realized that um, it was more important for me to listen instead of coming in with a plan and, you know, my own action sheet um, and really meeting people where, where we were. I think I was always empathetic, but it, it really enhanced that. And on top of that, I stopped getting sick. Uh, I was averaging, you know, a sinus infection once a month and just burned out already and, and young because I, I didn't want to, you know, you didn't want to fail mm -hmm. having that syndrome. Um, so really yoga kind of came first. And then that solidified me for a while. I, I kept into the, the physical therapy world. Um, I've always lived in rural areas uh, in Virginia. And I was on the Eastern Shore of Virginia. And I'm an only child. So I do like to be the only one doing something. I, I like to, you know, be a little special. And, and so I realized nobody in the area was doing pelvic floor work. Um, I had in all of my internships had some sort of connection to pelvic floor uh, and women's health work. So I, I'd, I'd learned about it. I kind of knew about it. I didn't know if that was something that I wanted to, to get into. Um, but I knew that it was a, a niche in, in the mm -hmm. area that I was mm -hmm. in. And so it was when I got into pelvic floor physical therapy work that I really professionally started to see this and, and chronic pain management has always been something that I just love, love helping mm -hmm. people that have been to lots of therapists, physical therapists and, and their need, need assistance with that. But I, I was just seeing this mind body connection. I was seeing how with all of these individuals and for some reason, I just happened to be working with a lot of, um, leaders, professionals, directors, CEOs, uh, you know, it just was kind of happening that way. Um, even some like rock stars, lawyers, I don't know, <laughs> Olympic swimmers, <laughs> all these different people. And stress was also happening mentally. You know, there were things going on either in their personal life or their professional life that just seemed to be kind of also coming into what I was noticing in their physical body. Um, so I was learning about it personally and just of my own interest. And then I also was seeing it professionally. And I was seeing when I started incorporating some of the 
yoga, you know, some of the mindfulness-based practices and, and stress management, breathing, that I was getting better results. And I just am a result junkie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I'm not interested in putting a patch on something. I want somebody to come back to me six or seven or 10 years later and be like, I'm still using what you did. So there was that. And then on top of that, um, when I got into pelvic floor therapy, my, uh, started having children and, uh, my, our, our first child, um, who's now seven was, we found out at a, a very young age that he had an ultra rare genetic mutation. So, uh, it was de novo. It wasn't for my husband or myself and severe speech apraxia. So I started getting, you know, deep into the world of executive functioning and um, really learning more and more about kind of, I, I always loved the the nervous system, but, you know, I, I became even more fascinated with, with how to manage that um, and, and work with it. And so that, those two things kind of happening simultaneously mm-hmm. Or what brought me into into coaching, um, and specifically working with female leaders, uh, because that I don't know. That's just like a deep within personal mission. Is I feel like women are here to make a major contribution. I feel like the the time the time is ripe. The time is now. Um, but we've learned and, and right in, in, a, in a great way, we've learned from a very male dominated structure, uh, which doesn't always work for women. Mm-hmm. True. And um, it can, it definitely works. It's not that it's, you know, not working, but there, there are some things that need to slightly shift. And uh, I'm just, I really want to be able to contribute to women being able to be in these leadership roles and do it without as much burnout, do it without as much self-sacrificing, uh, family sacrificing, community sacrificing. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for that. Thanks for kind of letting the listeners get a little bit deeper into kind of who you are and why you do what you do, because it all leads into our discussion today. And it's, it's really all about, Um, as you say, why we need to be connected, why we need to be aware and in tune with our pelvis. So as a physical therapist, we can all agree that yes, we need to be in tune with that area. Everyone has a pelvis. Everyone has that musculature and and the functions of. um, But coming from, I think, your unique perspective of both physical therapist and coach, and looking really beyond just the pelvic floor, which we should all be doing anyway. Mm-hmm. So, what, so give us your take on why we need to be connected. Yeah, you know, I've seen in, in the realm of success, leadership, entrepreneurship, um, anybody who's, who's type A, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- there's a lot of overthinking, long to-do lists, um, there's a lot of being up in our head, you know, where do we go next? How, and I say we, because this, you know, I, (laughs) you're only a great teacher if you've been there yourself, right. And, and are still in the depths of it. And so, you know, we, there's lots that's constantly swirling up in our head, but we also know, and, and, you know, a variety of different resource research sources have, have shown us this, that we can't access 
all of the solutions to our biggest professional, personal life challenges if we're in constant thinking mode all day long. Not to mention, you know, roughly 80% of all thoughts are habitually negative, which is not very helpful Mm -hmm. for solving problems. Um, And so the reason that I am so drawn to what I call, you know, well, it's not just me calling it, but core confidence and getting people specifically into their pelvis and back into their body is, is reducing the overthinking so that we can access again, creativity, focus, productivity, you know, improved sleep, stress relieving, you know, hormone responses. Um, you know, I could, I could go on and on. Yeah, and so you brought up the the um, the words core confidence. Mm-hmm. So can you explain what what does that mean? Because I have a feeling it may mean a couple of different things to a couple of different people. But in the work that you do in helping people become more productive, improve their leadership, improve their life, what does that? What does core confidence mean? Yeah, I love how you said that you know, it means something to, there's lots of different ways to describe it. And there, there really is, um, you know, to me and also the, the clients that I've worked with for many, many years now, it means freedom. It means expansiveness. It means seeking joy. It means effectivity, you know, be, being effective at what they do. Um, meanings means also having more energy. Um, core confidence really is being able to go within yourself and access that wellspring of inner wisdom, um, really access your, your yes or no. Um, and a lot of times, and this is, this is actually comes from, from those in the research field, core confidence also is a mixture of self-efficacy, of hope, of optimism, and resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, external confidence. I, I don't think we should be talking about core confidence without also <laughs> touching on external confidence. And external confidence is what the majority of us learn to, to seek after, and we're, we're constantly seeking after it. And external confidence is, you know, does Dr. Litzy like me? Or, mm-hmm. you know, what I should be doing right now. Or, you know, these are the, the, the dreams that, that others are doing. So um, this marketing strategy has worked for them. This app has worked for them. Let me do this. Let me, you know, follow this meal plan. And so, you know, the, we're constantly, as humans, chasing others, things that have worked for them. And, and we're very often, again, not realizing we're up in our head. And we're not really checking in with the the little voice that's like that's kind of a waste of time (laughs) don't do that totally totally (laughs) yeah totally i i always find that it's so much easier to look for that external validation and get our confidence from that external validation than what we do than what we think we are doing does that make sense absolutely yeah, so I, I mean, and, and we're all human and all humans fall into that trap. So can you yeah. kind of give us an example of how you might work with someone to help develop this core confidence and help to bring in more joy and help get them a little more grounded into themselves? Are there any 
sort of exercises or things that you do with people that you can yeah. give us as an example? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, um, you know, I, I'd say one of the main tips that I, that is probably ended up being my, my signature Sarah move, um, ha, has been really, you know, so listening to somebody's, I really love deep listening. I mean, I think when you start listening to someone, at least for me, I, I don't know, this is, this is a, a gift that, that I have is I start reading between the lines. Um, and actually, I'm kind of diverting for a moment. A lot of times when I work with people, I don't do it over Zoom. We don't do video um, because when you look somebody in the eye, sometimes it's hard to be 100% truthful, you know, or again, you kind of fall into the, the external confidence trap. Um, and so we do it all over the phone or, you know, with the video off so that I can really deeply listen. And what I'll do is, you know, if, if there's a a belief in there. Um, for example, I was working with somebody the other day and she shared, you know, well, we were talking about her personal life and, um, and she was like, you know, if I kind of keep having these, these, if I close the door on, on this relationship, I'm probably actually going to have to do a lot of hard work on myself to pick up the pieces. And what I asked her was, well, well, is that true that working on yourself has to be hard? And when we, I call it like, we, we've got to, we've got to go. I, I like going down the rabbit hole with somebody of like really being like, why, why are we fearful about this? Like, let's, let's talk about it. Let's get to the root and let's shine the light on what, what the narrative is with this overthinking piece. Mm -hmm. Once we shine the light on it, half of the work is done because we've brought in awareness and whenever you bring in awareness, half the work is done. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, that you're right. Being able to listen and listen well is a gift, but it's also something luckily that can be practiced yes. and can be worked upon. Um, as physical therapists, I think a lot of us, a lot of us are pretty good at listening. But when you work with, like you said, that chronic pain population, you really get, I think, a lot more in tune to what the person is saying. And you also learn how to ask those questions to draw out more thoughts. Absolutely. Yes. And, and here's the interesting thing that I've found. Okay. Um, and and I, a lot of this comes from like archetypes in, in Jungian psychology. So we have different aspects of our, of our psyche and of our personalities, right? And a lot of times what you'll find is we learn these skills, we practice these skills professionally. But when it comes to the behind the scenes for ourselves, we're almost like different people. I had a client the other day, you know, she um, is a director and has a, has a large, very well-known board behind her. And, um, and she's like, you know, if the board was to be a fly in the wall and kind of experience my personal life, they, they'd be like, what? You're not even the same person, <laughs> you know? Um, because suddenly things become matters of the heart. They're mm -hmm. no longer, again, the, the head, you know? So professionally, we're leading people through this very well, yet we're not really sometimes having that, that advisor, that best friend that we didn't even know we needed behind the scenes to help us hash out our own stumbling blocks. 
And that's where I think in, in leadership and entrepreneurship and being a CEO of, you know, your business and your life um, and trying to be healthy, wealthy, and smart. Mm-hmm. I think that's, we need that now. And why do you think that's so hard to, to confide in others of, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to say, oh, you know, I, I didn't have any new patients this month. So, you know, I really, what, what do you think? How can I help? How can I get more patients? That's easy, right? To talk about our business and, and to talk about our, uh, our professional life. But why do you think it's so hard for people to confide in others on a more personal level? And on that note, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor and be right back with Dr. Sarah's answer. This episode is brought to you by NetHealth, helping you maintain strong relationships with your patients. The Redoc Patient Portal provides a secure line of communication between you and your patients. Conduct virtual visits and have follow-up conversations with your patients via secure messaging when it's convenient for you. Patients have 24-7 secure, on-demand access to their therapy health information without phone calls and voice messages. Video conferencing for telehealth, secure messaging, share documents and photos, and view health information and appointments. To learn more, contact them at redoc at nethealth.com. You know, one vein of research shows that about half of all CEOs, those at the top, are experiencing loneliness. And loneliness in the sense that, you know, there has to be a level of healthy ego and confidence, right? Be it core confidence or external confidence in order to want to succeed. You know, all sorts of people are teaching us out there and showing us that, you know, you gotta have some grit. You gotta have some resiliency if you wanna Mm -hmm. play this game. And it is a game. Um, and so, you know, there, there's factors of like, you can't trust everyone, right? Um, if you have team members underneath of you, traditionally, uh, that's really changing, I think, but traditionally we're taught, you know, you don't mix business and personal life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. That's a no, no. Now I, you'll see that changing and that's continuing to change because, you know, we're, we're, many psychologists are, are beginning to study really resiliency and entrepreneurship and, and understanding more specifically how they're tied together. Cause it's, that, that's really just a new field of, of understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't trust people, you know, and I think many have experienced, again, maybe it was in the past or more recently, um, you know, you, you do share some of those personal moments and it might come back to bite you. Or mm-hmm. suddenly the, the inner critic, another thought, thought in the brain comes up and says, ooh, that was not a good idea. You're probably, <laughs> that is gonna backfire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that could make you look weak. So I think it, it's very multifactorial. Um, and I guess this is kind of where having someone, you know, outside of your, direct business to have as a resource and to help you as a coach, um, I get, I would, I'm assuming that that's where coaching comes into play because you can kind of be that person to sort of help with the personal and the professional, because I can only assume that they're closely related, right? They are way more closely related than people realize. And your 
professional self, the, like the way you act professionally is often different than the way you act in your personal life. Mm-hmm. Like, can you, can you relate to that? Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, cause I, uh, yeah, same thing for, for me too, but I'm always interested, you know, in, in what, yeah. what somebody's answer would be. Yeah. No, there's, there's no question that, that no. we're a little different in our personal life than in our professional life. And, yeah. you know, it's funny to say, cause I was having thoughts around that yesterday um, because, you know, we're all human, right? Every once in a while, like we screw something up, we say something we didn't want to say, we regret it afterwards. And yet you're vilified for being a human being. You're vilified for saying something that, yeah, like maybe what you said wasn't the best thing to say, but you take ownership over it. You say, hey, listen, like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I let my emotions get the best of me, which never, ever happens in my professional life. Right. Right. In my professional (laughs) life, never happens. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet all of a sudden you're demoted in the eyes of so many people, but all you did was you were just a human being and you said something or you wrote something that you later were like, I can't believe I did that. And because it's not a podcast, we can't go back and edit it out. Um, so I think that there is this, this weird kind of, if you start to melt the two together, you're going to be screwed. Yeah. It's a, in one way or another. It's a belief. Absolutely. And I think that we need guidance to blend them appropriately, Mm -hmm. you know, because the answer is not, well, you'll see this as a marketing strategy now, right? Where it's like, okay, show the behind the scenes and show yourself and be yourself and da da da. Well, I think that there's always a a middle ground to all of that, that we need to be aiming for. Um, Mm -hmm. And again, it has to feel true to you. You know, like you have to get back into a state of checking in with yourself um, and not checking in with the head and the thoughts of like, okay, is this an alignment for me? And so, you know, in a lot of cases, when you're blend, when you're, I like drawing on the professional self. Like, let's say I might say, okay, what would professional Dr. Litzy do when we're talking about something personal? Mm-hmm. Because that's how the, the, the two aspects of you can really start blending together and start working together as a team and, and be like an integrated, whole, healthy, beautiful person. Right. Um, who can stay true to your individual values. You know, we get to like explore what those individual values are and being true to those um, in, in order to make it work for us. I have a really cool example of a client who um, she's in the hospital system and, and pretty high up and she was offered, we had been working for, I don't know, probably, you know, three to six months or something. Mm-hmm. We'd been, she had been, uh, and we were mostly working in the personal field, you know, but of course the professional always, always blends in. Mm -hmm. And she had been offered this incredible opportunity to lead this team. This was just in addition to her goals that she already professionally had for the year. And, um, as she sat with that, and as I sat with that with her, she realized, you know, if this had been last year, I would have said yes to that. And I'm very flattered but the truth is, is if I say yes to that, then 
all that I'm doing to take care of myself so that I can show up to meet my professional goals is actually going to be derailed. And so at that moment, it wasn't um, in alignment for her. And what was even better about that was then she was able to go to her boss and to communicate that I call it like, you know, communicating from the core, but communicate that not from up in the head, like, oh no, I wonder what I'm doing. I hope I'm, you know, I hope I'm not really screwing this up. Communicating it with authenticity, with groundedness, with strength, right? With empowerment. And, you know, her superior was like, best decision you ever made. I really appreciate it. Um, really championed her. Now, how awesome would that be mm-hmm. if we could have more of that? in our small businesses and in all of our workplaces and all of our organizations. I mean, that's an ideal situation. Um, (laughs) What an ideal situation. But I think it's hard when you're constantly kind of seeking out success and seeking um, to be quote unquote the best at what you do and to get that recognition and to build your business and to make more money so you can live a lifestyle that you want to live and provide for your family or your friends or whomever is in your, your world. Um, but how does, how does making these decisions, like you said, these sort of more grounded decisions where, where they are emotional versus making these decisions as strictly like pros and cons, like an intellectual pro and con list. You know what I mean? So yes. how do you, how do you um, coach people in that tug of war? Mm-hmm. Um, I hope I can answer the question of how do you coach people? Cause sometimes you just have to see it, you know, and experience yeah, it. Totally. But um, you know, it, uh, if you look, if you talk to anyone in the financial world, the stock market is emotional. Emotions drive everything. That's true. Right. And, you know, if we're, the, the faster we're aware of that, the more tapped in that, that we're going to be. Um, and so that's actually what's happening is a, is a lot of times where we're making these leadership decisions, we're making these personal decisions when we're in a state of emotion. And often when we're, you know, emotions are coming from thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, the, the, the little wheel starts going. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, you know, we have these emotions with us. A lot of times you don't even know what the sensation is in the body because we're, again, we're kind of more up in the head. And so when you can access, and, and what I do is often just really helping somebody with very challenging, like I, I prefer the challenging situations, you know, where it's like, okay, why do I keep getting into this relationship? Why do I keep not, you know, being able to climb the ladder? Mm-hmm. Why is it I can't, can't you know, fit in, the self-care pieces of it. And when we get to the root of it, a lot of times it's because things are happening in an emotional realm and we've got to be aware of that, go down the rabbit hole of the actual like fear and worry and why, like, why Mm -hmm. are we responding the way we're responding? Mm -hmm. Why are we doing that? Mm -hmm. And then once you get to that, then you can actually get to the clarity piece where you get the clouds and the, you know, the fog out from your face and you can go, okay, pro this, con this, Da, 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 da. Okay, now I've got my marching orders. Go. And I, I don't know about you, but I like marching orders. I like to know the next step. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, a lot of people who are in leadership positions or who are, 
going out to be that entrepreneur of their dreams. Like that you are a type A person. I think you are um, a lot of just pros and cons, but I, I do think that the emotional segment of things does have to come into play because if you're pros and cons from a very sort of robotic sense is, is okay, I guess. But then how is it going to make you feel? How is it going to affect your life? Are you going to be happy with your decision? Are you doing something because you feel pressure to do it because you have to do it, quote unquote? So I think being able to tap into that core confidence in that and your core values in order to help you make decisions is important. Yeah. So and it's again, like you don't want to be on either pole, like purely right. emotional, purely um, cerebral, but you want to have, you want to be able to kind of get in there and go down that rabbit hole, which is not easy and takes a lot of self-awareness. No, it does. And that's why it usually takes a guide. Yeah, you know, exactly. It, it, it really does. It, it takes a guide. And, um, you know, again, kind of that core confidence model that was not created by me, but having self-efficacy, hope, optimism, and resiliency, you know, these are things with, with a lot of, um, difficult situations that, that our, our brain just has not been able to figure out the answer to, mm -hmm. we tend to go down on the scale of those things, right? We're not trusting our self-efficacy. We're not right. feeling very hopeful about it. Now, fascinatingly enough, you know, those that are fixers and type A and, and, and leaders, um, if, if we can't fix something, if we don't know the solution to it, we're going to avoid it. Totally. A hundred percent. So much <laughs> right? easier. So much easier. And it's so much easier to, to help and to show up for others and to fix the things that we know we can fix. Mm -hmm. And so again, then you see an imbalance and oftentimes it's with the, the most challenging things that we're dealing with again, personally or professionally that we don't want to talk about. Um, one of my clients the other day was sharing, uh, you know, it, it, this situation just resolved, but she was like, you know, I have been sitting on this um, space, like this, this land and space for the last 10 years. And I didn't know what to do with it. Now, when we got to the root of it, it was actually extremely emotional because she's in a family owned business. And it was something that a family member prior to her set up and, you know, really loved. And so it, it, it was way too, she couldn't make the decision because of the emotions connected with it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but she was like, I've been sitting on this forever and just avoiding it because I, I don't know what to do. So I can think of 50,000 other things to spend my time doing. You know, you can fix the kids, you can fix your friends, <laughs> you can bring it into your professional career. And then meanwhile, some of the, you know, the, the other aspects are, are, are missing. Yeah, I know. I, when I get into those, those bouts of, oh God, I can, I like will, and it's what I'm doing right now, which is why when you said you do so many things to avoid, I'm like redoing my bookshelves. I'm doing some shredding of papers. <laughs> I'm like went crazy with the home edit and now everything's in a rainbow. You know, I've got a lot of plastic <laughs> bins hanging out everywhere. So I that's what I do when I'm trying to like avoid looking at deeply at other things, you know? So yeah. that's what I've been doing for the past couple of weeks is I have been like cleaning out, like my doorman was like, are you moving? <laughs> I was like, nope, not moving. Just, just finding stuff to do around the apartment, you know? Exactly. Just being a great, you know, leader and liver of life. I'm yeah, just doing exactly. the thing. Exactly. Cause I'm like, well, you know, if you come home to a nice clean apartment, it's better for your head. You can concentrate more. 
when, you know, I probably need to go dig a little <laughs> deeper and see why am I doing all of this? And I know it's not just from watching the home edit, although it's a nice show, I'm sure it goes a little deeper. Well, it does, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up, you know, your, your personal situation, because I think that that helps all of us so much you know it's always nice to know when, when we're not alone right and yeah. um but you know one of the biggest things that i've found in doing this work for as long as i have is uh people say to me yeah you know i i just you know I, everything you do sounds really great and like <laughs> that sounds awesome it sounds like it'd really be helpful for me and like i don't really think i want to i don't really think i want to go there um and we think it, again, we think it's going to be hard, right? Like I, right. I was mentioning the client, the client earlier. Um, I have found that, and, and I think this is just my personality, but it's like, we got to make this fun and we got to make this or action oriented and we kind of got to get the, the show on the road. So yeah. it's like, you know, again, if we're, if we're, if we're trying to leave a legacy, if you're trying to you know, be productive and not give up on the idea that we have, you know, of success, mm -hmm. then it, we are in a state in our country and in the world where, where we, we, yes, we can all, you know, afford to sit down on the couch with the weighted blanket and the wine and the ice cream, you know, but, but I just don't believe that, that we can afford too much of that anymore. Mm -hmm. I really don't, you know, like I, I need, I really feel so strongly that like I need everybody <laughs> to be functioning at a high level and it, it can be fun. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be um, like, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, it doesn't I'm have to be so stressful. Call. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. like annoying. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, who, totally. nobody really wants to like look at themselves and see their shortcomings. And it's not about that. Like anybody that's trying to tell you it's about that, um, that's probably just perfectionist behavior showing up. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not about that. It's about like, you've got to tap into your greatness. And when I say your greatness, meaning like just our, our essence, like our purpose of being here on earth, like something greater than ourselves, mm -hmm. we have got to tap into that. We've gotten yeah. away from that. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that radical act of self-love that that's not just, let me go draw a bubble bath, you know, that, that is radically like, you know, we're all beautiful and we're here to share something great. One of the, one of the most upsetting things, um, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but you know, as a physical therapist, when somebody has uh, lost a limb, or their pelvic floor is not working and they're upset with, you know, they have prolapse and they're like, ugh, ugh, this uterus or, ugh, you know, gosh, my arm just looks awful now. That pains me to my soul because I'm like, oh, you know, like, gosh, your body has done so many miraculous things. Mm -hmm. I, I, I understand and I empathize why you feel that way, but it, it makes me sad. And one of the things that has made me sad in being, you know, an advisor and a best friend to, you know, leaders who didn't even know if they needed that. Um, one of the things that makes me sad is when somebody comes to me and they're willing to just for a second share I don't know if I can keep doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. 
I've thought about just giving it all up and going back to a simpler way of life. Mm-hmm. And the same sort of thing. It, it makes me sad because it's like, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't have to do that. Like, you know, you, we don't have to, we just have to find some balance, right? Like you said, we don't need to be on one extreme. We don't need to be mm-hmm. on the other extreme. We need to be somewhere in the middle. And yeah. finding that is like super, super small, finite changes. It, it's not the giant crazy things that changes that we like to make in our lives that we, you know, we think are going to be the solution. Yeah. I, I agree a hundred percent. And I think on that note, because I could keep talking about this all day, but sadly, (laughs) I don't know if the listeners want to listen to it all day, although I think they might. Um, But I feel like we could keep going on and on here. Um, But that being said, um, before we wrap things up, just a couple of other things. Number one, what, what are some of the big takeaways, or if there's one in particular takeaway that you want the listeners to leave this conversation with? What I would say the big takeaway that I really hope everybody understands is that um, when we get out of our head a little more often and start listening to the messages of the body, start listening to the messages of within, then we really activate that core confidence. We step into a more effective way of leading and living. And that's available to everybody. And it's time to take it. Beautiful. That's a beautiful takeaway. Thank now, you. <laughs> you're welcome. And then, of course, the last question that I ask everyone is knowing where you are now in your life and in your career. What advice would you give to yourself right out of PT school, a newbie? Oh, oh, this is this is a fun one. So when I was in PT school, I knew PT was going to be a jump, jumping off point for me. Hmm. Um, but I, I, I didn't feel confident in that. And so honestly, what I would have said to myself then is you know, yeah, you're a little bit of a fish out of water. (laughs) Yeah, you're doing things a little bit differently. And it's okay. Just own, own your worth, keep being you, uh, which I'm sure I've always been doing, you know, but, but really telling myself that Mm -hmm. and gifting that to myself, it's okay. It all starts lining up just one step at one step at a time. Awesome. And where can people find you? So um, social media or what's the best way? Yeah. So what's the best way to get in touch with you. There are just so many ways to get to get in touch with me, of course. Uh, social media, uh, let's see, Facebook and Instagram is uh, Dr. Sarah Smith official. I'm also on LinkedIn, Dr. Sarah Smith. It is Sarah without an H. Usually people always are putting an H on my name, which is my okay. My niece is a Sarah without an H, so yes. I am very well aware of it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then www.drsarahsmith.com. Awesome. And the website. Perfect. And we will have all of those links up at the podcast website, podcast.healthywealthysmart.com under this episode. And you also have an Activate Core Confidence workbook that Dr. Sarah has so generously given as a free gift. So if you go to www.drsarahsmith.com slash core hyphen confidence. Did I get it right? You did. Perfect. And again, that will also be in the show notes. So if you want your free gift from Dr. Sarah, which is very generous, thank you very much for all of the listeners. 
go and grab it from the show notes. So Sarah, thanks so much. Like I said, I could talk about this forever. It'll turn into a therapy session and that's not what you're doing here. I will not take advantage of you in that way. We can, we can do it at some point. (laughs) Live therapy sessions. I Um, loved it. (laughs) But thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your knowledge. I appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Of course. And everyone listening, thanks so much. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. A big thank you to Dr. Sarah Smith for a great episode. And of course, thank you to NetHealth for sponsoring today's episode. They have created created the Redoc Patient Portal, which provides a secure line of communication between you and your patients, conduct virtual visits, and have follow-up conversations with your patients via secure messaging when it's convenient for you. Patients have 24-7 secure on-demand access to their therapy health information without phone calls and voice messages. To learn more, contact them at redoc, that's R-E-D-O-C, at nethealth.com. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.